How's everybody doing? Yeah, you doing good? Happy to be alive? Happy to be in the house of the Lord? It's good to have you. I'm, uh, my name is Benji. If you are a guest here, I am just so honored, and we are thrilled that you are here. Come on, we always welcome the campuses, but can we at all of our campuses welcome all the guests? There you go. There you go. Thrilled that you are here. I want to say a warm welcome to the internet and television community, to the Kenya campus. My wife is uh, in Kenya right now boarding a plane with a small group of folks from here representing New Hope Church. They have been working on the Ark Orphanage that we bought, and they have been developing the leaders to launch the second New Hope campus in Kenya. And they are, yeah. They are flying back pretty much all day today and part of tomorrow and all that stuff. So we're excited about that. NCCIW, Daughters of the King, welcome to Columbia Campus, Sanford Campus, Hillsboro Campus, North Raleigh, Garner Coffee House, and the Durham Campus. Come on, welcome the movement today. <laughs> welcome to the church. Glad you are here. Hey, next Sunday, next Sunday, next Sunday, Vision Day, our annual birthday is next Sunday. We turn how old as a church? 15 years old. If there is ever a Sunday you do not want to miss, it is definitely Vision Day next Sunday. We're going to have some gifts for you. Uh, we're going to do all kinds of fun stuff. It's going to be a great day. And it really is, just so you know, every year it's kind of, um, you might look at it as my state of the church address and where I think we're going and where I think we need to go. So that's next Sunday. The following Sunday, we're starting a marriage series titled, I Hate My Marriage, Finding Love Again, which will move right toward that uh, marriage conference that you all have been hearing about. But I want to show you the trailer, the teaser for this upcoming series, because I believe it really does, it really does paint a picture of how so many marriages in our country end up. I mean, they start really well. Somebody once said, you know what, I got the ring and then I woke up. It has a way of happening to even the best of you. Check this out. Marriage. It is not for the faint of heart. 
And yet it can be one of the most beautiful relationships God has ever given us. And I'm going to do my very best to teach you some unbelievable principles to communicate. We're bringing in a, a nationally known speaker for the conference weekend. It's just going to be phenomenal. And I hope you will lean in and consider it. If you're married, a time for you folks to get on the same page and work on your marriage, even if your marriage is okay. And if you are single and you ever, 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 ever hope to get married for the first time or again, you definitely need to be here, and uh, we're excited about it. Hey, let me pray before we jump in today. Father, we love you, and uh, thank you for this series that we've been in, Right on the Money. And God, thank you for uh, what you did last week. Thank you for giving us your word, God, and you instruct us, and you care for us, and you didn't leave us orphaned. You told us you would not do that. And so, Father, I pray that you would minister to us today, that you would speak to us through your word, that you would take our minds and think through them, take our hearts, Father God, and fill with them. Lord Jesus, take my lips today and speak through them. For if you do not speak, then absolutely nothing of any significance will have been spoken. And lastly, Father, I pray, I pray, I pray that you would allow the Pittsburgh Steelers <laughs> to win and go forth and win the Super Bowl yet again. In Jesus' name, amen. And if you are a New England's Patriots fan, you can leave now. I'm just saying. Hey, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I got to tell you, last week um, I taught on money, and this is part two, and it's the end of the series today. But I must tell you that I have never, ever, ever spoken on money and had the people listening to me as engaged and excited as you were last week. It blessed me. Last week, God showed up and really ministered to us because I believe maybe for the first time, you actually, start to, you actually started to see in my teaching that we're not here because we want something from you. You started to hopefully glimpse my heart as your pastor, and I desperately want something for you, not necessarily something from you. And I started out last week, and I just kind of asked a few questions, and we all said categorically, yes, here were a few of the questions. Would you not all agree that money is one of the most stressful topics ever? Everybody said yes to that. And then I said, would you not all agree that money is one of the leading causes of arguments and divorces? And we all said, absolutely, right? And then I said, and will we not all agree that so much of the coercion and deceit and thievery and outright sin of humanity is a result of the worship of the almighty dollar? And we all said, yes. And then I said this point. I said, you know, it would have been incredibly insensitive and cruel of God to allow us to have such a, an item, a subject that causes so much stress, it would have been incredibly and even parentally insensitive. God is our heavenly father, our heavenly parent. If God had sent us into the world to deal with money but did not give us really good advice, good instruction, good guidance on how to handle our money. And we all kind of felt like, you know what? That's, that's right. Thank God that he gave us his word and he taught us and is teaching us how to handle this very difficult subject. May I hear an amen? amen? And then I pointed you to this verse of scripture. No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love 
the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. Help me read this last part. Ready? Go. You cannot serve both God and money. You cannot serve both what? And money. And yet the reality is the overwhelming majority of people today serve money. And you cannot serve both God and money. And what I tried my best to teach last week is if you will get your money right, if you will get your life right on the money, you will be one of the few people in the world who actually lets your money serve you instead of you serving your money. You can actually, imagine this, you can actually take control of your money. And if your life is on point for God, not only does your money serve you instead of you serving your money, but your money ultimately serves God because your life is all about God. And that is the very way in which God intended it. By way of review, I just feel like last week, I just feel like last week was so, so just, God just really moved and showed up last week. I want to give a little review for those of you who weren't here. For those of you who were here, it helps to hear. Repetition is key. So I said this, right on the money, we're going to embrace the value of what? And then we had all kind of fun. We talked about ladies and their nails and their pedicures and their manicures. And I had one lady walk out and said, well, thank you. No more pedicures for me. (laughs) And it's a true story. Then I had another lady walk out and she hugged me with tears in her eyes. And I didn't really understand. But I could tell it wasn't a sad hug. You know, it was they were joyful tears. And she hugged me. And then right behind her, I looked and here comes her husband. He goes, well, thanks. I was going to buy a boat this week. (laughs) It was awesome. It's awesome. So, so we talked about this. Here, here's that verse. Ready, go. Like a city whose walls are broken through is a person who lacks. If you don't learn to get self-control of your finances and you don't stop being an impulsive spender and you don't stop allowing yourself to spend beyond your means, You will be like a city without a wall in a war-torn area, and you will be exposed to the enemy, and he will eat your lunch and destroy your life. This is very, very important. And so I said this, write it in, write it in. We are going to learn to say no for a little while so we can say yes for the rest of our lives. That's self-control. If you learn to say no to some things when you need to say no to them, you will be able to say yes to other things in life when the opportunity is right. Right on the money part, number two. Number two, I said this last week. We are going to embrace the value of sacrifice. The value of what? And I talked about Hebrews 12 too, you remember, where the Bible says Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith, for the joy set before him endured the cross. Jesus himself sacrificed so that you can be saved, so that I can be saved. He sacrificed for the sins of the world. He embraced sacrifice, and so do we. And I put it like this, again, just by way of review. Sacrifice is giving up something you love for something you love even more. Had a few people tell me, you know what, we really don't need cable. 
We can lock into a few other things and watch TV different ways in the 21st century, and we're going to save 78, 88, some people over $100 a month on cable. Sometimes sacrifice means that you have to give up something that you love for something that you love even more, maybe getting out of debt, whatever the case may be. Right on the money. And the third thing I talked about last week by way of review, we are going to embrace the value of planning. The value of what? Planning. Have you planned out your financial life? Have you laid out some of your dreams? Have you taken your income? Have you projected it out? Have you developed a plan? Here's what the Bible says. This is not Benji talking. This is just not some financial stewardship or campaign that some seminar taught me. This is God's word teaching us. Ready? The plans of the diligent lead to as surely as haste leads to what? So plans lead to what? Haste leads to poverty. Some of you have been experiencing poverty too long. And one of the keys to getting out of that is planning. I said this. I said this. This is, oh, plan the work, work the plan. You got to plan the work. See, there are lots of people in life that never make a plan for anything. This is not just in your money, any areas. They never make a plan. Then there's a smaller group that makes a plan, but guess what they never do? They never follow through. They never work the plan. But then there's a small percentage of people, and this will change your life if you'll, you'll, you'll take this in all areas of your life, and you'll, you'll pray for vision from God, and you'll get a plan for a future, a preferred future, and then you will step into that. You back into that plan by working the plan. A very smaller group of people plan it, but then they work it. Another maxim of mine, I didn't say this last week, but it just hit me this week. Oh, I just went too far. Can we go back? If you aim for nothing, you will hit it every time. <laughs> aim for nothing, you'll hit it every single time. So, again, just because you were so engaged last week, and I heard the same from our campus pastors, and I've heard so many comments this week, I realize that we are covering some, covering some big life-changing, trajectory-setting stuff. And so I want to let you know that we as a church are not here just to talk about this stuff and then move on. We actually want to help you develop it. So let me tell you about a few things that you just don't want to miss if you need more help with this. And I know that's a lot of us. Uh, first of all, today, right after the second service at the Durham campus, we are having an interest meeting an interest meeting for those who are interested in taking the course in March titled, I once was broke, now I'm not. Okay? Now, at the campuses, just mark your Connect card because you're going to have the same class coming up as well. Or drive over here to an interest meeting if you would like, if you're in the area or whatever. But that is today. Financial coaches training. We had a lot of coaches sign up. There are people who are who are living their lives on point with their finances, we're vetting them. They're willing to meet with you. Literally, coaches in this church are willing to pour into you if you need help. And we're going to continue to train them on Saturday, March 4th. Then, mark this down. This is really, really important. There's a financial learning event on Sunday, March 5th at 1.30 p.m. Sunday, March 5th. At 1.30 p.m. And I think we're going to stream it to the campuses, which will be great news as well. And then listen, 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 listen. On Wednesday, March 8th, we are starting a class called I Was Broke, Now I'm Not. I Was Broke, Now I'm Not. Now, I know that all feels a little bit like announcements, but 
It is. We want to help you. We want to serve you. We want to help you figure this thing out. And so then I made my way to the table as I ended last week. And I talked about the three areas of our lives. What's the first one? Second one? Third one? Again. One more time. Give, save, and learn. And I promised you last week that I was going to spend time today talking about the highest level. Y'all like my tote bag? The highest level theologically and biblically to understanding money. Now, last week I taught you three things. Today, I'm going to camp out for the rest of my time on one simple principle. And if you will leave today fully understanding this one principle, again, it will radically revolutionize your life. I am talking about the principle. I like this bag. I might start using this bag. I'm talking about the principle of sowing seed. Seed. Call me Farmer Ben. <laughs> sowing seed. We got a little cleaning up to do after the service, don't we? Sowing seed. I want to talk to you today about the concept of sowing seed. The Bible says this, when I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put the ways of childish ways behind me. Do you remember what you did as your first source of income when you were a child, teenager? I don't know how old you were when you went to work. I was 15 years old. I worked in a pigeon farm. Yes, I did. You're like, what is a pigeon farm? In South Carolina, in the fields uh, where I was from, they had, you'd have soybean, you'd have cotton fields. And in the middle of these fields, you would have these giant, not chicken houses, but pigeon houses that went on for like four or 500 yards across a field. I worked in a pigeon farm. I handled pigeons all day long. I was 15 years old. I would work and then I would take my check on Friday and I would just go spend it every last bit of it on the weekend. And then I would work Monday through Friday to get my check on Friday and I would spend it all over the weekend. I'm not going to show or ask for a show of hands, but I pray none of you are living like that. That is a way in which America tends to operate. We make money and we spend it and we make it and we spend it. And many of us not only make it, but we spend it well beyond our means. And what I want to talk to you about today is an entirely different concept for how you are to handle your money. Again, not from your pastor, but from God's word. When it comes to rightly understanding and using money, the principle of sowing means that you never just earn and spend like I was, earning, spending, earning, spending. Saving and investing money, you write this down, write this down, this is so important. You what? You plant it. 
So when it comes to understanding money, theologically and biblically, it's not just about earning. It's not just about giving to the Lord. It's not just about saving. It's all about planting your money. Open up your Bible, 2 Corinthians 9. 2 Corinthians 9. If you love the word of the Lord, say praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. 2 Corinthians 9. Remember this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap what? This is a principle. You don't break God's principles. Oh, I don't even have this in my notes, but you don't need to miss this. You don't break God's principles. You break yourself when you don't apply God's principles. Remember this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows, what's that word right there? Whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Let's continue. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a what? So since we're talking about money, can I see some cheer on your face today? Let me see the smiles. Come on, break them out. Campuses, come on, break out the smiles. Cheer. It's not a difficult subject. It's not a subject that we should frown upon. God loves a what? Cheerful giver. So last week, we laid these out. And the thing I want you to really realize before I even get you to help me preach this message is that sometimes when we start talking about sowing seed, I hit the TV. Sometimes when we start talking about sowing seed, we have a tendency to separate the sacred giving unto the Lord from everything else. We do this, we do this, we do this. And it's poor thinking. It's stinking thinking, if you will. The truth is all of your money is sacred, not just 10%. All of your spending is sacred. All of it is not just earning or spending, but it is what? I just taught you this earlier. It is planting. Every bit of it, not just 10%. But I want you to help me teach this message. So last week, we talked about giving, saving, and living. How much did we talk about in terms of the biblical instruction to give to the Lord? 10%. Help me. Tell me when to stop. Whenever you think I hit about 10%. You crazy. See, that is perfect. That is perfect. Some people say 10%. You know what the average American gives? 2.3%. Average American Christian. Yeah, true stat. 2.3 to 2.9. It varies with whatever you look at. But the truth is the average Christian doesn't give beyond 3%. The average. But let it not be at New Hope. Amen? So whoever, that ain't 10%. Come on. More? I want to hear you at the campuses. I want to hear you all here at Durham. Really? More? No, no, no. Is that it? Stop. How many of you think I should say Stop. Say stop. That's, that might be a little bit more, but we're generous people. How much did we say save? 10%. You're like, there's no way I can do that. Yes, there is. 
The goal is not to do it all today. The goal is to develop a plan and do what with a plan? Work the plan. You can do that. And if you don't, you're going to be 70 years old one day, and you're going to be depending on the United States of America to take care of you, and I can promise you that will not end well. Okay? And, and those of you who are counting on your parents, you might have your parents, but I wouldn't even count on that. I mean, maybe it's just my story. My daddy told me from an early age, son, don't you dare count on your inheritance. He said, I'm spending every bit of it. <laughs> he did. He did. I heard that all the time. Um, God bless me and my dad. All right, so we're going to do 10% again. Now, you might, we might have gone a little bit more, but we, if we're going to go a little bit more, we're going to go toward the Lord. Amen? I want to hear you say stop. Yeah, that might be 12, 10. And how much are we going to live on? 80%. Tell me when. Tell me when I get, I need the labels probably stopping you from seeing it. But here it comes. It's going to peep, peep above. Is that 80? I see heads shaking yes and no. A little bit more? You know, I'm going to listen to you because you got a Pittsburgh Steelers coat on. That's my boy right there. Steel curtain, baby. Remember the days? Terry Bradshaw, John Stallworth, Lynn Swan, Franco Harris. Woo! Man with the Pittsburgh coat said to carry on. Tell me when, Mr. Pittsburgh. All right, all right. If you will do this, it'll set your life up for the blessings and the favor of God like you will not ever imagine. It will, it will so poise and position your life to grow old and live a life of abundance. John 10, 10, Jesus said, I've come not that you might have life, but have it more abundantly. This will change your life. I am going to first of all give 10% of my income to the Lord. And when I do that, I'm not just giving. I'm what? Planting. Everybody say planting. I'm not just giving. I'm planting. I'm planting seeds into God's kingdom. And as God nurtures and waters and we do ministry, we see kingdom eternal fruit. This money right here that you give to the Lord, if you're in a church that is making a big deal about Jesus and making a difference in the world, this is sacred. This is planting into eternity where lives are saved, lives are baptized, marriages are saved, addictions are broken. This is planting. And then your life is important. And when you save, you're not just saving. You're what? Help me. You're what? Now you're getting it. You're planting. And you're planting into your future. You're planting into the golden years of your life. This is key. Look at this verse of Scripture. Look at this. The righteous flourish like the palm tree. And grow like a cedar in Lebanon. They are what? They are planted in the house of the Lord. They flourish in the courts of our God. Watch this. They still bear fruit in old age. They are ever full of sap. 
Look at your neighbor and say, you sappy thing. <laughs> y'all only get better when I ask you to do that. I mean, y'all just, y'all are really, and they are green. Look at the other neighbor that you don't really like that much and say, you green thing. To declare that the Lord is upright, he is my rock, and there is no unrighteousness in him. It's my job to tell you things that maybe you don't want to hear sometimes. And in a culture that romanticizes and glorifies youth, I need to let you know you're going to get old. Your skin's going to wrinkle. I don't care what kind of cream you put on it. Your skin's going to sag eventually. I don't care how fit you are. And your body's going to break down. And if you don't plan, if you don't save for that, if you don't what? No, no, no. Plant. If you don't plant seeds now for that, one day you will look back upon this and say, oh, I wish I had listened. And then you live on 80% of it, and you don't just set aside money to spend, to live. No, 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 no. All of those decisions are planting decisions as well. They're planting decisions. So what I mean by that is when I plant, a lot of us spend a lot of our money on our house, right, or our apartment. I took my daughter uh, to the grocery store yesterday. She texted me. I was so excited. She texted me. She's like, Daddy, I don't have any food. And I was like, honey, I got you. I'm going to the grocery store. What do you need? Send me your list. So she sent me my list, sent me her list. And then I, I took a chance. I was like, hey, baby, you want to go to the grocery store with me? And she goes, yes. And so I picked up my daughter. I was so happy. I was so giddy. I never thought I'd be so happy to go to the grocery store in my life. <laughs> so I picked her up and I just bought her all kind of stuff, filled the grocery. And, and I, and, but, but the point is when you, when you spend money on your living, it's planting. You're like, what do you mean? Think about your house. If you are a Christ follower, you don't just buy a house or rent an apartment. You actually buy or rent a place where you can make a big deal of Jesus. Do you, you, I'm trying to teach you how to think bigger, broader, theologically. When you, when you buy a car, it's not just a car to transport you from one place to the other. It's a car to transport you so that you can make a big deal about Jesus with your entire life. You're planting you're, you're planting seeds so that your life exalts Jesus and makes a big deal out of who he is in this world. Speaking about Anna Grace and my children, I don't know if you do this, but you can, just, you can take this in terms of your, college, your children's college education. If you're not planning for it now, it's going to be hard to do it later. Have you looked at the prices of college? I have. I will have three there this fall and eventually will put five through college. God help me. But when my children are born, I set aside a little bit of money in an educational IRA. And I just give a little bit every single month. You don't have to make grand changes tomorrow. Develop a plan. And young parents, listen to me. If your children are born, when they are born, if you will just put a little chunk of change, just a little bit aside, and then you set it up where automatically every single month you're putting in that you would be absolutely amazed what will happen after 18 years. 
Now, unfortunately, it's hard to cover it all because college is expensive. But they can get a scholarship too. Let the parents say amen. Amen. And they can work some too. Amen. Amen. But you have to plan ahead. Let me me just start to kind of wrap up and give you this, this principle for those of you who are visual. You're visual learners, okay? This is how most people live their lives, okay? You picture your life as a wheel, okay? A wheel, okay? We all, all right? So most of us and most people today live their lives where me, myself, I, I'm on the throne of my life. And we have all kinds of compartments. We are fantastic at compartmentalizing our lives. And so if you just think about the spokes on the wheel of your life, you have things like personal, your personal life. All of you have a personal life, okay? I don't need to know what it is. That's your personal life, okay? And you have a vocational life. Most of you are working or you're trying to find work. There's a vocational life spoke on the wheel of your life. Recreational, hopefully you've got some recreation. We're going to be talking about that, by the way, in the marriage series. Couples need to have fun together. Amen. And the problem is we just get busy with life. We get busy with parenting, or in my case, we get busy with church and parenting, and we forget to have fun together. Okay, recreational, family life. This could be your dating or your marriage or your parenting, that sort of thing. Things that are moving towards your family, okay? Finances. So most of us create, create and, and, and treat our finances as a spoke on our lives, and that's accurate, but I'll show you the difference in a moment. And then there's the church part of your life, right? You're all in church, so I assume that's a part of your life. And then there's God, Okay? That's the way most people live there. And I know you could add a few more, and, and I could have created a bigger diagram, and there's more spokes on your life. I get that. But my point is, most of us live our lives with me, myself, and I on the throne of my life. And then we compartmentalize everything else. Now, listen closely. If you desire Christianity... And you desire to know God and walk with God and walk in the favor and the blessings of God. I need to tell you something because I love you and I need to speak truth to you. This is incompatible with Christianity. You're like, really? What's wrong with that? Totally incompatible with biblical Christianity. God is not a spoke on your life. God will not play second to anything or anyone. He is not a spoke. He is the hub of your life. He is the center. Come on. He is the center of your life. God doesn't rotate and radiate around anything. Biblical Christianity is that God is the center. God is the hub. And everything else rotates around God. Like your personal life. God impacts your parenting. God impacts your personal life. God must impact those times in your life when no one is watching. Integrity... Is what we do in the dark. Vocational. God impacts my life. The great late Dr. Martin Luther King said, if you are a street sweeper, be a street sweeper to the glory of God. 
It doesn't matter what you do. You do it for God. Recreation. Family life. Finances. This is what I'm talking about today. This is allowing God to have totality, domain over your finances. Church life, of course, right? And your educational life. Your lifelong learning endeavors. God is the very center of it all. May I get an amen. amen. Are you living like that? Could today be a turning point for you to take self off of the throne and put God on the very throne position of your life? Let's wrap up here. Back to the text, 2 Corinthians 9, out loud, scripture together like it's the word of the Lord, ready, go. And God is able to abundantly so that in all things at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. In what? All things. When? Having what? If you interpret that word all in the Greek, you're not going to believe this. It means all. $64,000 question. What do you think is the one area up here that once you get it right, everything else falls into place? You're an amazing church. Giving. And what the Bible is saying is if you will get this right at all times, in all things, if you will take planting to be your M.O. in life, God will bless your life and allow you to abundantly have a harvest in the areas of your life so that God actually allows the blessings to flow in your life and you can live life walking in the abundance of all things at all times. Now, many of you have heard me say before, I'm not a prosperity preacher. In fact, I struggle with prosperity preaching. Here's why. If you listen to a lot of preachers, sometimes on TV with big old hair, they, they will talk about some of this stuff at times, and they actually turn money into an idol. And they convince people to give their money in hopes that those people are going to get more money. But notice this verse. And God is able to bless you what? So that in not just money. Money's a part of it. And that might happen. But do you know if you get your life in order financially, what you might actually experience is this, an amazing marriage to the glory and honor of God. You might experience, imagine this, godly children that live out your legacy way beyond your years. You might experience an incredible job where you might earn what you want to earn, but you might also be fully content and fulfilled in your job. And he might, because this is biblical, but we don't give to get money. He might bless 
your life financially because you've decided, God, you're not going to be a spoke on the wheel of my life. You're going to be the very center and the hub, and I am going to plant not just 10% of my money, but all my money. I'm going to plant to the glory and the honor of God. And when God finds a man, a woman, a child, or a student who places him in the very throne position of their lives, God says, that's a man, that's a woman, that's a child, that's a student that I'm going to bless. Abundantly, I'm going to bless. Now he, listen, just drilling down 2 Corinthians 9. He who supplies the seed to the what? And bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed. See it? And will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be, what's the word? You can be what? See, when he finds a generous person, it's God's nature to bless a generous person because God has found a person through whom his generosity can flow. On every occasion and through us, your generosity will result not in Benji getting more money. No, 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 no. When I get my financial house in order, my generosity will result in what? Good job. Thanksgiving to God. So it is all about how you handle all your money. And it starts here. Can I give you one more verse? One more passage? Most of you have heard it before. Return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord Almighty. This is Malachi. But you ask, how are we to return? What's the word? Notice the word is return. It doesn't say bring. We return our tithe to God. Why do we return it instead of bring it? Because it belongs to God in the first place. Remember, God has dominion and total domain over all of our money. Return, will a mere mortal rob God? Yet you rob me. But you ask, how are we robbing you? In tithes and offerings, you are under a curse, the whole nation, because you are robbing me. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Everybody say, food in my house. That there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord. I'm, I'm preaching to somebody up here. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty. And see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. I've told you I struggle with prosperity preaching, but people like you and people like me have to also come to terms with the fact that God's word is very clear. He loves to bless givers. He loves to pour out blessings. And the Bible says so many blessings that you can't even begin to contain it all. I will prevent pests from devouring your crops and the wines in your field. In other words, I'm going to take care of your life. Will not drop their fruit before it is ripe, says the Lord Almighty. Then all the nations will call you what? For yours will be a delightful land, says the Lord Almighty. 
Now, I want to be clear. I'm unashamedly, unashamedly inviting you today to declare in 2017, I'm going to honor God. With 10%. I'm going to get the first part of this equation right. And I'm going to trust that God will take care of the rest. And I'm here to tell you, might sound like preacher talk, but I can promise you it is true. I have learned, Amy Lynn has learned, we can do way more off of 90% of our income with God's favor and blessing than we could ever do on 100% without honoring God. I found it to be true, and I promise you, it is true. How can I, I was trying to decide if I was going to do this today. How can I drill this point home? Is there anybody, campuses, you can kind of experience this. You're going you're gonna to love this. You, you, don't, you don't get the pressure of receiving this question in person. You just get experience this via video. Is there anybody here who will give me $100? I just, I just need somebody, that's what I thought, crickets. I need somebody, <laughs> I need somebody who will give me a hundred, right here, this gentleman right here. I, there was actually, I just, it's kind of hard to see, but there was actually three of you coming up. I love this church. What's up, man? Come on up here. How you doing? I didn't expect you. Y'all know who this is? This is Anthony Nash. This is a wide receiver at Duke University. And he, he is legit, or as the young people say, he's lit. Hey, I did not expect a college, really? Since you're up here, um, who, who won the game this year between Duke and Carolina? Who's got the bell? Oh, okay, good. Thank you. Give it up for him. Give it up for him. If you're a Carolina fan, you're probably already looking for reasons to get mad at me because I'm talking about money. I'm just kidding. My daughter goes to Carolina. I love the school. Man, I didn't expect a college student to do that. $100. He just gave me $100. You know why he gave me $100? Because before church, I asked him to give me $100. No, seriously. I gave him the $100. I grabbed Anthony on his way in. I said, hey, bro, here's $100. He's like, really? I was like, yeah. I said, but, but I'm, I might ask for it in my message. And I want you to give it to me. Now, come on, come on, come on. I gave him the money. I gave him the money. And I told him what to do with it. And all he did, because he's a fine young man that goes to a fine university. All he did, all he did was what I told him to do. He was faithful with what I'd given him. Now, what do you think that makes me want to do? It makes me want to bless him. And God's word says that I should at least give him $10. I give him the money in the first place, tell him what to do with it. He does it. God says, you just return 10% to me. But he gave me all of it because I told him to. 
it makes me want to bless him. And since he's in college, he probably needs blessing. He is a great receiver, though. He might have a scholarship. I don't know. <laughs> but Anthony, will you come back up? Will, will you come back up here? See, I want to I give to this man. I want to pour out blessings on this man. Because this man just did what I asked him to do. Merry Christmas in January. That's how God is. He gives you all that you have. And he just instructs you on how to do it. And when you do it, it is God's nature to pour out more blessings on you. And when you don't, God will pull his favor and pull his blessings from you. It is a principle. You don't break God's principles. You just break your life when you don't adhere to God's principles. I want to show you a video. I love when new hopers just start preaching this stuff and I don't really have to preach it. I'm going to show you a video that I didn't even know was being developed and created. Neither did any of our productions team. No one knew this was coming down the pike. And last Sunday night, I'm watching football and I get a text from our Garner campus pastor, Derek Moore, and he says, you're not going to believe this. Watch this. Here was a family at New Hope Garner on national TV this week on the 700 Club. I want you to watch this video and let it minister to you. When you're living paycheck to paycheck, essentially, that's what we were doing, living paycheck to paycheck, and it is very stressful. And so you're trying to live your life and enjoy things, but constantly thinking, okay, now if we do this, I've got to pay for that, Sue Ellen and Jean Johnson were like many American families living paycheck to paycheck. Very little or no savings, just looking for a way out. It's just a constant juggling of your money to try to make ends meet. When the Johnsons married 20 years ago, Jean's small but steady salary provided for the couple's needs. But as their family and living expenses grew, their income stayed the same. My husband is not comfortable on camera talking about this, but he is more than willing for me to talk about it. Every dollar that we had in our budget was allocated and it would worry me to the point where there'd be nights that I wouldn't sleep. And it feels like a noose around your neck that drags you down. Then, Gene's company cut out all over time. He was not getting cost of living raises. I know what we have to survive off of and that's what I felt like we were doing, surviving. The unrelenting stress began to take a toll on the Johnson's marriage. Their arguments went something like this. I'm not working because I'm home with the children. I'm taking care of them, so it's his responsibility to make the money. And then he feels like I'm doing the best I can. I think there's resentment, you know. You know, you've got to do better. Even though I know he is doing the best that he could. There seemed to be no way out of the financial struggle. Until one Sunday morning, the Johnson's pastor taught about the importance of tithing and giving. And then he made an offer too good to refuse. If you will commit to tithe 10% of your income, if in that time you don't see a difference in your income, then he would refund every dime we've given. We were kind of looking at each other thinking, who does that? He must really have a lot of faith in what he's saying. Me and my husband were in church together that day, and he you know, looked at me and I looked at him and he's like, what have we got to lose? In the past, the couple occasionally gave to their church and to CBN, but tithing 10% of their income was challenging. 
even with a guaranteed refund. 10% of your income is a lot of money. 10% is a, um, a light bill. 10% is a car payment. When we started out tithing, we didn't see immediate results. I had to quit thinking with my mind, and I had to just believe that God is true to what he says. Six months later, Sue Ellen says the changes were undeniable. First, Jean's company restored overtime. Then they sold a piece of land under nearly impossible conditions. And the first thing the Johnsons did with their profit? We took the money from that sale of the land, and 10% of that, we tithed that too. Within several years, the Johnsons' income had doubled through raises and overtime pay. He just had so much work, almost more than he could do. Tithing changed me totally. It's not just a financial thing. It really changed me emotionally, physically. I enjoy my family like God would want me to. We are so much closer. We don't argue. It's wonderful. I want other people to experience what I experienced. I want them to know that God is true to his word and that what he says he will do. Yeah, great story. What do you think? You believe it? Or do you think it's crazy? Some of you are here and you're thinking, man, it's, it's crazy. I don't believe this stuff. Why don't you do what Gene and Sue Ellen Johnson did? Why don't you test it out? Malachi, we just read it earlier. God's Word says, test me in this. Test me in this and see. This is God speaking. See if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and bless you. If you've never tithed, I mean truly sat down, pen to paper, come up with a plan to honor God with 10% of your income. Why don't you test a minute? What do you have to lose? When I saw that, it reminded me of what I did several years ago. Like, we had nothing to do with that. Like, your church was on national TV this week several times. We didn't have anything. We didn't even know it was going down. And she reminded me of what I did a couple years ago. And there's one in every single chair rack, or book rack, underneath you, right in front of you. If you're on the front row, there's one in the baskets. Balcony, there's front row, there's a basket underneath you, and there's one. They're all over the place. Now, we're going to wrap this up. We're going to sing a song. I'm not going to belabor the point, but let me summarize this for you. You fill this out. You know, some of you are not going to need to do this. You're just going to respond to the word. You're going to do it. But you might want to fill this out, others of you. And you read it carefully and you fill it out. This is not some cute thing that we came up with. This is straight from Malachi. The Bible says, test me in this. You honor God with the biblical tithe. And if in six months from now, you declare, hey, I have not experienced God's blessings. I want my money back. Your church will give you every dollar back. No questions asked. Test him. What do you have to lose? 
You drop it in the offering in just a moment if you'd like to do it. Or you can go pray about it. You, don't have to, you can drop it in next week. You can drop it in any point in time. We will start it on the day that you mark. And you will be able to step into a new future and a new reality. And it has been my experience that you will be so blessed in so many ways that you won't even need to ask for it back. You'll, we've done it several times now. You know how many people we've had to ask for money back? No questions asked. Money back. Here's a chance for you to take a leap of faith. Let's honor God and let's position ourselves in 2017 to experience a new normal, a new reality as we put God first on the throne room position of our lives, taking self off and stepping in to the abundant blessings of God. In the name of the Father and of the Son. And of the Holy Spirit, let the people of God say amen. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your word. God, I thank you for your people who, more so than I've ever seen a people, God, are engaging this teaching on financial stewardship. God, give us the courage not only to make a plan, but give us the courage to work the plan. God, would you pour out your blessings and favor upon your people? Would you give them the desires of their heart? Would you create in this church, Father God, a cheerful people, a people who love giving to you, a people who understand that when we get that first area of planting in place, everything else seems to work. So, Father, we give you our lives, we give you our hearts, we give you our finances. To the glory and honor of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for being a part of this week's podcast. If you have any prayer requests or praises, we'd love to hear from you. Just email our pastors and staff at prayers at newhopenc.org and we would love to pray for you. If you'd like to support the ministries of New Hope, just stop by one of our campuses or visit us online at newhopechurch.org. We hope you'll join us next week for the podcast and thanks for being a part of our church family.